You're listening to MLB.com Extras, brought to you by MLB.tv. It's baseball everywhere. April is in the books as we turn the corner to May, and we're talking some Pirates baseball today on this Monday, May 2nd, with Pirates reporter Adam Barry. Adam, thank you so much for the time. And, Adam, uh, yesterday it seemed like a seventh straight win was in the cards. John Jaso, two outs in the ninth. Game-tying home run, uh, very dramatic to eventually send the game into extras, but a win uh, not in the cards. They fell in 11-6-5. Uh, but I think the biggest takeaway for the Pirates uh, from yesterday's game, despite the loss, has got to be Jeff Locke. Uh, seven strong innings, and he's really put together quality back-to-back outstanding starts after two uh, kind of brutal outings in a row in mid-April. Seems like uh, he's kind of really turning a corner now. Yeah, that's huge for the Pirates if they can get him on any sort of track. You know, he doesn't have to be perfect. He doesn't have to throw six or seven shutout innings. But what he's done the last two times out, you know, quality starts is basically all they want from him. He looked good uh, yesterday. He had the one rough inning that got away from him. Uh, defense, including his own defense, didn't really do him any favors. Um, but it was good to see that from Jeff. He was more efficient. The funny thing about him is he's actually better when he works against a pitcher that is – uh, is working quick, is getting on and off the mound and sending him back out there. I don't know if it's because he has less time to think. It gets him in a similar kind of quick working tempo, but you've seen that happen where once he kind of, you know, gets the ball back and throws it, he, he's at his best. Um, his breaking ball was a little better. I think he changed the grip on that yesterday, which was kind of throwing the Reds hitters off balance. Uh, Changeup was good. Fastball location was good. If they can get that from Jeff Locke, uh, you know, every time he goes out there, they really couldn't be happier. And would you say, you know, a guy like uh, Jeff Locke, whenever you look at a rotation for most teams, you've got your two guys at the top, maybe three if you're lucky, that are, you know, not locks, but you know what you're going to get from them every fifth day. You've got the guys at the back end of that rotation where you know you're going to get some inconsistency and you just hope that uh, they're more good than bad. Then you've got those guys in the middle, a number three, maybe a number four, like Jeff Locke is for this team. Is, is he the biggest X factor for the staff? Uh, with regards to the overall success of this team? I'd say him or John Neese. Uh, and really, you could probably lump Juan Nicasio in that category as well. You know what you're going to get from Garrett Cole. I think Francisco Liriano is finally back on track where you know you're going to get uh, good quality performances from him. I think Neese, Nicasio, and Locke are just a little more uh, up in the air at this point. Nicasio's had some really great starts. He's had some kind of mediocre ones, and he's had a bad one. Uh, nice has been roughed up a little bit, but I mean, yeah, Nice and Locke fall into that category that, you know, maybe you're going to have a 500 record and a four something ERA and that's fine. Not every team has the Mets rotation, you know, not every team can trot out four or five aces. So yeah, it's just about giving the team a chance to win as kind of cliche as that sounds. And Jeff Locke is perfectly capable of doing that if he becomes a little more consistent. Yeah, he's had two very good starts in a row. Took the uh, no decision yesterday, but some encouraging signs uh, for the Pirates lefty moving forward, of course. And uh, going back to the game itself, Adam, I know that uh, in all your time and all your games covering the Pirates at PNC, you had to have seen some very long home runs. But that that blast and I believe the fifth inning of a scoreless game by Gregory Polanco off uh, a guy named Tim Adelman for the Reds who was making his major league debut – I mean, incredible. I mean, we, you know, when you talk long home runs, you talk John Carlos Stanton, Harper every now and then. We've seen some mammoth shots, Josh Donaldson too, but I got to think that was the longest of Polanco's career. And in terms of the home runs you've seen, where does, where does that rank on your personal list? 
that was pretty far, and honestly, I thought it was going straight into the Allegheny River on the fly, which really does not happen. Uh, I think Pedro Alvarez has done it a couple times uh, when he was here. It really does not happen a lot, and I thought just the trajectory, the exit velocity, the Polancos had a pretty good shot. It turned out it bounced into the river, but it was still the first time he's done that. Uh, it's really an encouraging sign in a way for the Pirates, the fact that he can show that kind of lift uh, and, you know, torquing his swing because he's been sort of a, you know, he's a ground ball machine over the last, uh, over his first two years in the majors. And he's, he's hitting a lot more line drives. And I think something hitting coach Jeff Branson's talked about, if he can, you know, incorporate a little more lift without you know becoming a swing and miss guy, he's going to hit for power like that. So there's a heck of a shot to watch. And I think it's probably a pretty encouraging thing for the Pirates to watch. Yeah, I think so, too. Uh, just seeing that home run yesterday, it seemed like the, the game kind of took the tone of, you know, they're trying to feel out uh, this new guy that nobody's ever seen before. Obviously, making his uh, Major League debut when uh, the Reds' Tim Adelman pitched well into the fifth. Pitch well, period. I think six, run, uh, six innings, two runs. But for Polanco to have that shot off him really energized the crowd, gave the Pirates a one nothing lead. They could not uh, finish the deal as they lose for the first time in uh, seven games, 6-5 to five mm -hmm. the final in 11. Uh, Adam, on the other side of the coin, though, a not-so-good development from yesterday's game. Uh, the defense, or uh, lack thereof, more accurately, uh, the Pirates on the year entering today, entering tonight. They've made uh, 20 errors on the season, and 20% of that total was reached in one game. So they made four errors out of 20 in one nine-inning game. You know, the Bucs, uh, defensively this season, kind of middle of the pack. Is this a cause for concern the four miscues yesterday, or was it just one of those days, as the saying goes? Yeah, I think it was more one of those days, but it's, it's funny. There were four errors and then a couple more bad plays that obviously didn't go down as errors. The ball, uh, the last one that got over Polanco's head. I think, if anything, you might say that was a little bit of cause for concern, the fact that two balls got past Polanco in right field. Uh, he even came out after the game and said it was partly a product of the fact that the outfielders are playing shallower this year, which is something that we've talked about, and I know Mike Petriello, uh, you know, our statcast and uh, data whiz has done a lot of work on that. And Polanco said, yeah, he's still having to adjust uh, coming back on balls or reading from the, you know, 15, 20 feet in closer that he is. So it's something that's going to be a process. He doesn't see the ball as well uh, during day games off the bat. So it's kind of a fluky thing the way it all conspired yesterday. But this is still a pretty good, if not very good, defensive team that we've seen so far this season. As Hurdle says, even when they have errors, they're typically making good plays. It's the fact that they're getting the balls they shouldn't and just not converting them into outs. Um, so mostly just kind of a fluky one of those days type thing. Is there a sense that when uh, Jung Ogong uh, gets back and gets healthy and gets back in the lineup every day, that's going to create a more favorable domino effect defensively in the infield uh, once he gets healthy? I think so. I mean, David Freeze has actually been pretty good at third. Uh, he's made some errors, uh, missed a couple of balls, and it's also kind of going to be interesting to see where Jung Ho is at physically when he comes back. The Pirates are already kind of throwing up the warning sign that he's not going to play every day. Neil Huntington said on the radio yesterday he's going to start off playing uh, two games out of three, uh, and then you'll see David Freeze at third every, every third day. So, I mean, the potential to have a better rested Freeze, Jung Ho not being quite worn down, I think it's just good for the team in general. Uh, it's going to have, ideally, the best out of each of those two guys. So I think Jung Ho will help stabilize some things at third base. You saw last year when he was at his best, he was an above-average defensive third baseman. So, yeah, I mean, there's really a lot to like at every position. The 
the ones you'd worry about were first and second, and Josh Harrison's been great defensively at second base, and John Jay, so the fact that we haven't talked about him being bad really kind of speaks volumes about uh, how well he's handled that transition. Yeah, that's been a very uh, pleasant development, and uh, Jay Hay got his first home run of the season over the weekend, so maybe uh, his power is starting to come back around. Uh, on that topic, I'm curious, you know, you're, you're on Twitter and you, and you see fan reactions on social media. What are Pirates fans' reactions right now to what Neil Walker is doing with the Mets so far? He's, I mean, I think the guy, if he doesn't lead the majors in home runs, he's right up there, like maybe one or two behind Trevor Story and Bryce Harper and guys like that. Yeah, that's kind of complicated, if only because Neil Walker, in addition to being a Pirate, is from Pittsburgh. Uh, fans here love the guy. You know, he's a local hometown hero. Uh, played so well for the team, didn't really want to leave, but they had to trade him, uh, partly for financial reasons also, but mostly just to, to get another pitcher in John Neese because they thought they could handle uh, the infield situation without him. So, yeah, I mean, it's it's tough, especially with this team not hitting a ton of home runs. There's a lot of, uh, you know, Neil is maybe going to out-homer this whole team or something like that, but Walker will cool down at some point. I don't think he's going to break Barry Bonds' record. Um, and... I think the fact that you've seen some encouraging defense from Harrison kind of eases uh, some fans' concerns. You know, overall, they've probably been maybe equally as valuable. It's just that Walker is doing it with his bat. Harrison's doing it with a high average, pretty good on-base percentage, and really good defense in second. Yeah, and like you said, uh, you know, I think Barry Bonds is safe, uh, the 73 <laughs> home runs. I don't think Walker is going to challenge that. But still, a very nice April. He had nine home runs. He's a very nice fit in that Mets lineup. And uh, But like you said, Jay Hayes been great with the glove. Maybe the bats, uh, in terms of power, is starting to come around a little bit, and things in the end should even out. So we'll see how that develops. Uh, Adam, to begin to wrap up here, a nice write-up you had recently on Matt Joyce. Uh, just 10 at-bats this past week, but he made the most of those. Six hits in the 10 at-bats, three for extra bags, two of those three for home runs. Kind of talk about uh, his off-season journey, because I think, he, fr quite frankly, he was embarrassed by his 2015 season. This is a veteran who's you know been around the block and he put in a lot of hard work and he's reaping the benefits so far. Yeah, and I, I covered Matt in Tampa and he was obviously he was an All Star one year, uh, really good left handed bat against right handed pitching. Uh, got traded to the Angels before last season and they were pretty clearly counting on him to be something in left field for them, an everyday guy maybe. And he put together by far the worst season of his career. He hit 180 something. He was like you said, I think kind of embarrassed by that and he put in the work more so than you'll see a lot of veterans do over the offseason. He spent five weeks in the Dominican Republic playing winter ball. He worked with two independent swing coaches, guys who have helped, uh, one who helped J.D. Martinez and one who helped Josh Donaldson. He watched a lot of tape. He watched, you know, uh, his own swing, other guys' swings that he liked, and then came into spring training, and as Clint Hurdle kind of pointed out, he was looking for a guaranteed major league job, and he picked the team with a star-studded outfield where there was clearly not a spot for him to start. So he went in and found a bench role and competed for it and won it in spring training, came in, and he's looked like his old self, if not better. And I think Joyce kind of goes with, you know, as his confidence goes, so does his hitting. He's in a really confident place right now. Uh, Clint Hurdle's shown that he trusts him in big spots, whether it's pinch hitting or starting. I think that goes a long way toward uh, what you've seen out of Matt Joyce so far. Absolutely, and uh, this is a guy that, uh, in big spots, when called upon, has come up huge, especially this month. I believe he has uh, three career pinch hit home runs, and two of those have come in the last three weeks. So he's been great uh, in big spots when Clint Hurdle needs him, and uh, a great week he put together, and he's been a very nice addition for this Pirates team in uh, 2016. Adam, to begin to wrap up uh, again, you know, as good as the Pirates are feeling these days, and rightfully so, 
Uh, you have to point out that their last 15 games have come against teams with losing records. Now, they've gone 10-5 and five in those games. Given that, is there a sense that beginning tonight with the first of six games against the Cubs and against the Cardinals, are we going to get our first true sense of what the Pittsburgh Pirates are in 2016? I think that's a completely fair assessment. Yeah, I mean, these are the two teams that they're going to be competing against uh, both directly and indirectly in standings for the rest of the year. And, you know, these series, whether or not they admit it, they're going to be big series because these are, you know, two of the three playoff teams from last season. Or three of the, sorry, three of the five playoff teams from last season. So it is it is a big deal. I think it's going to be interesting to judge how they uh, handle elite pitching with Jake Arrieta going Tuesday night. I think it's going to be interesting to see how uh, the rotation in the bullpen matches up against such deep lineups like the like you know like the Cubs are going to trot out. There's really not a weak spot in that Cubs lineup. So curious to see how they handle that. Uh, the Cardinals, I think they caught them at a pretty bad time the first series of the year, heading into Bush Stadium where they've had some trouble over the last couple years. I mean those games are always going to be contested and really tight. So I think this week will show us a lot about the team. I don't think there's need to overreact if they go one and five or two and four or anything like that. Nor if they go four and two or five and one or whatever, is it fair to say that they're better than either team? But it's just an interesting litmus test this time of the year. You know, the rosters are starting to settle in, starting to get a better sense of who the teams are, uh, and I think we'll know even more by the time this week's over. Adam, it is always a pleasure. That is Pirates reporter Adam Barry joining us here on this Monday, May second. We'll do it again next week for sure. In the meantime, Matt Waymeyer signing off. For MLB.com Extras, Pittsburgh Pirates. MLB.tv Premium, the number one live streaming sports service, is celebrating 13 years. Watch every out-of-market regular season game live or on demand in true HD. Real-time highlights, live look-ins, pitch tracking widget, and more. MLB.tv Premium includes a free At-Bat 15 subscription. Watch live baseball on over 400 mobile and connected devices. Watch at home, in the office, or on the go every night on every device. Blackout and other restrictions apply. Visit MLB.tv for details.